Welcome to the KJD podcast with your host Kurt and Jacob. We are servants of Christ, armed with the sword of God, the King James Bible, a microphone, and biblical solutions for modern worldly problems. So get your Bibles out, grab a pen, and let's dive right into the Word of God. To another episode of KJ and the tonight we have brother Kurt, myself Jacob, and producer Morgan. We have a fun topic tonight. Uh, we're really going to get into this and let it roll. I uh, hope you're all prayed up because tonight or today is going to be a good episode. They're all good. Today's special. Um, brother Kurt, could you open us up with a word of prayer? Yes, absolutely. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come in the name of Jesus, Father, just uh, longing, Lord, uh, to uh, glorify you, Father. And Father, we come uh, with a particular topic, Lord, that we're going to uh, broach uh, by way of uh, your holy word tonight. We pray, Lord, that you allow us, enable us, Lord, to rightly divide your word of truth. We know that you are the truth and your word is truth. And we know that our Lord and Savior said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so, Father, we just pray tonight, Father, that at the conclusion of this podcast, Lord, that you be glorified, high and lifted up, and that the saints who are listening are edified. And for those who may be on the fence about our Lord and Savior Jesus, Lord, that uh, your Holy Spirit would touch their hearts and reveal the truth about Jesus unto them. It is in the name of Jesus we ask this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We are going to be talking about something a little bit touchy, a little bit spicy, a little bit offensive, dare I say. I'm not offended. Good. You shouldn't be. You should remain unoffendable because otherwise you stay wounded. Amen. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl commercial entitled, He Gets Us. And we are going to dive into what he really does. Brother Kurt, take it away. Hey, man. Uh, thank you so much, Producer Morgan. Um, I almost, part of me really didn't want to talk about this because uh, it, it, it would just give Satan glory, but... Uh, well, we, it is an important subject, and and I think it does need to be discussed. We're talking about he gets us the Super Bowl commercial that came out uh, here with the Super Bowl in 2024. Um, one of the commercials, th- there were a couple of commercials that were released, and one of the commercials in this scene had people watching each other's feet as an act of compassion and service, and it ends with these words on the screen. It says, Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. He gets us. And the estimates suggest that 30 seconds of commercial time during the Super Bowl cost $7 million. And they had two He Gets Us ads that added up to about 75 seconds. Now, when you saw this, uh, if if you happen to have watched the Super Bowl, or maybe you just saw this, this these ads on YouTube, you know, you saw that they had the soft music and a false presentation of Christ that's not in the Bible. They took feet washing and turned it into something that was just a total disgrace. Um, you saw uh, 
homosexuals watching each other's feet. You saw two females looking like they were about to kiss, watching each other's feet. But you see, the new definition, the world's definition of hate is any disagreement with the LGBT, LGBT, LGBT with with a certain crowd or yeah. any other left-leaning ideology. And Jesus, according to the, the King James Bible, Jesus did not indiscriminately wash everyone's feet. You can find that in John 13. And you see, here's this thing, Satan doesn't intend for anybody to read the Bible. Everybody's lazy. They just want to be fed memes and quips and TikTok videos. Nobody bothers to read and study and to learn uh, to know the truth about God's word. So when they see Jesus depicted on, on TV, they just assume, oh, okay, well, this is must be who Jesus is. But it's the, the, the Jesus that was portrayed in that Super Bowl com commercial is not the Jesus at least that saved my soul, right. all right? Um, the, the phrase, even the phrase, Jesus gets us, it, that phrase is wrong. We shouldn't adopt the world's nomenclature. The world knows how to interject vague terms that mean absolutely nothing. Jesus didn't come to, and, and this is modern language, Jesus didn't come to get, get here means like Jesus understands us. It doesn't mean that he's, now, Jesus did come to physically get us and, 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 and for those of us who believe on him to take us out of this world and to be with him forever in the presence of the Lord. But the get they were saying here is just a, a nomenclature is just, you know, hey, you're you know, you're a cool dude, that type of thing. Hey, you get me that type of thing. But you see, Jesus didn't come to get us or to understand us. He already understand. He already knows us. He created us. Right. Jesus created us according to. Uh, Genesis 1 1, according to John 1 1, according to Hebrews 1 1 and 2. Jesus is the creator of all things, also according to Colossians, uh, the, the first chapter as well, if, if you want a, an, another New Testament reference. But Jesus did not come to uh, quote unquote understand us and, and, to, and to accept our, our, our sins. He came. So that we could get him because Jesus' desire is that we become like him. You see, in, in, in the scripture, in the uh, John, the first chapter, um, uh, 11 through the 13 verses, it said, Jesus, he came into his own and his own received him not. Jesus came so that others would accept him. He didn't come so that he could accept everybody's uh, lifestyle like they try to portray in this this he gets a Super Bowl commercial. They got all these they have a pregnant woman sitting outside of an abortion clinic and someone's washing her her feet. And then they have other scenes of people washing each other's feet. And then, like I said, the tagline was uh, Jesus didn't teach hate. Uh, Jesus um uh, wash people's feet. Well, no, he didn't watch everybody's feet. He only washed the feet of those who followed him. If Correct. anyone would bother to pick up a Bible and read the scripture. And he only the washed problem. the feet of his disciples. He didn't wash the feet of those mm -hmm. who hated him and hated the word of God. You're not going to find that anywhere in scripture. You're only going to find it in the book of John uh, uh, for that matter. Mm -hmm. and, and so the, the, the Jesus that's being preached here is another Jesus. It's not the, the Jesus of the Bible. It's not the God of the Bible. Um, and um, 
you know, in in Galatians, uh, Galatians said that, <clears throat> excuse me, that if anybody, uh, though it be an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, this is out of Galatians 1, 6 through 9, preach any other gospel unto you, uh, unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And as we said before, so I now, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. And so what these he gets us people are, are doing is they're preaching another gospel. They're right. preaching another gospel. Jesus, uh, they're trying to portray Jesus as someone who is tolerant. Jesus was not tolerant. He was merciful and he showed grace, but he did not tolerate other people's sins. And uh, producer Morgan, I want to steal one of your uh, passages here out of the, the book of John, and you may want to uh, expound upon it. But when the woman was caught in adultery and Jesus, you know, told the, the woman's accusers, you know, the ye that are without sin, let them cast the first stone. And then everybody, one by one, they left. He told that uh, that lady who was in adultery, he told her, go and sin no more. He didn't say, hey, let me wash your feet. I accept you the way you are. That's nowhere in scripture. That's satanic. That's that's Satan and his his imps trying to twist the word of God, trying to make the gospel something that is not the right gospel, trying to make Jesus something, which is a different kind of Jesus. And so we as born again children of God, we need to stay prayed up. We need to read our Bibles and have the Holy Spirit of God give us the discernment to be able to recognize righteousness from almost righteousness. I'm not even talking about righteousness versus wickedness. I'm talking about righteousness versus almost righteousness because they, they put Jesus out there and everybody gets excited. Yeah, we got people who are who are publishing or evangelizing on the, during the Super Bowl time, millions of eyes will see uh, us talk about Jesus. But you know what? If it's the wrong Jesus, then it, it's, it's, it's all in, in vain. It's and all in And the book of Jude tells us that there are certain men <laughs> who have crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men changing the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying our, uh, the uh, uh, our, the only uh, our Lord God um, and uh, Jesus Christ. They're taking the grace of God and they're turning it into something that is not of God. This is why part of me, I didn't even want to talk about it because I didn't want to just just give a platform to what I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the, these are wicked people who are trying to pervert God's word by putting this he gets us up there. And like I said, he gets us. When I saw he gets us.com, I knew right away that it wasn't of God because it's making man the center of attention. God, the creator God, gets us. He understands us. We're, we're, the, we're the ones who have to uh, be the focus of attention. He gets us. No, it's about us getting them. And I, I'll, I'll say this here real quick. And I, I'd love to uh, get some feedback from producer Morgan as well as my, my brother Jacob on this. Uh, I went soul winning many years ago and I knocked on the door and the person who responded, who opened the door, he was of the LGBTQ plus uh, silent P community. And 
we talked, I presented him the gospel, and he said, well, your church would never accept someone like me. And I told him, and I did this in love. I didn't raise my voice. I'm more excited now with you guys than I, than I was when I was talking to him. And I told him, I said, it's not about the church accepting you. It is about you accepting Jesus. I said, that's what that's about. See, everybody has to focus on them. And this has gone back to the beginning of time, going back to the serpent uh, in, in the garden. The serpent whispered in Eve's ear, and then the focus became about her. Yeah, yeah, I could be like God. And then she gave it to her husband and her husband a bit of the fruit as well. And then it was game on in terms of sin and destruction and death and hell and everything else that's coming to the world. But that's because we took the focus off of God and we've placed the focus on us. So when I initially saw he gets us, they've been out for many years mm -hmm. and they did a commercial last year. As far as I know, I didn't even watch the, I didn't watch the Super Bowl this year. I didn't watch it last year. Just the tagline, just the website, he gets us.com. I knew immediately that this wasn't of, of God, but that there was, this was some type of appeal to the pride of man. And so you got these alcoholics and drug users watching the Super Bowl. They see this commercial. Do you think they had any conviction? Do you think that after seeing that commercial, they said, oh, we need to repent and get right with God after watching this commercial? No, of course not. But yet and still, if they would just read their Bible, just, just a couple of pages, Matthew 4, the first words that Jesus preached when he was tempted in the wilderness, when he, uh, for, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was tempted of the devil, and then after uh, he, he uh, overcame the, the devil, and we, he came out of that wilderness, the first words out of his mouth was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. He said, repent. That's the first words that came out. And he was echoing what John the Baptist said in chapter 3, which yep. lets you know that John the Baptist was a true man of God, because a true man of God will always say what God says. Yes. That he gets us people are saying nothing that God says in their commercial. So, I think there's a parallel to that with that commercial and the timing of it, because I, I like sports. I, I watched some of the Super Bowl. I didn't watch all of it. I wasn't glued to the TV. I saw that uh, advertisement pop up. But you know what happens is, is that that colored box on your mantle, it sucks you in. It does. It's created to do that. They do a good job. That's their job. And it gets you sucked in. It's not 40 days and 40 nights of fasting week, but you become spiritually weak because you are what your ear gates and eye gates let in. And when was Jesus tempted? At his weakest, at the end of the 40 days, not during the 40 days, not day one, it's the end of the 40 days. Right, and, exactly, and, exactly. And we're sitting there watching this and you're getting your eye gates and your ear gates are getting flooded with, oh, what did, what did Miss Swizzle, how was her reaction to that play? Who doesn't know anything about football? That's fine. Cool, whatever. Miss Swizzle can do what she does. That's great. But our eye gates and our ear gates are getting flooded with world and we're weak. And then all of a sudden, boom, he gets us coming in when we're weak. I think that the hinge of the success of that entire campaign is founded on and won't survive without man's ignorance of God's word. Amen. It depends on it. And yep. many of Satan's tricks do depend on us not knowing what God's word says, not hiding God's word in our heart, not practicing over and over again, living out God's word. Because when we know it, when it's, when it's etched in the table of our heart, we can't be swayed. We can't be Correct. tricked when we spend so much time with God that we are daily led by the Holy Spirit 
and we are daily walking with the Lord, we can't be led astray when that's the case. So people who would rather stay comfortable in their favorite sins, well, sure, they're going to worship a God that says, I get you. And that's where it ends. Somebody gets us, then we're not required to take accountability for any of our actions. Right, right. If we don't take accountability for any of our actions, there's no consequence for our actions. And the other facet to that is that we never reach what God intends for us to reach as as an individual, including the best things that he has for us, the very best things. Yes, consequences happen naturally, man-made or not. Consequences happen. But when we just kick the can down the road continually and avoid conviction and avoid repentance, we also avoid God's best blessings on the other mm-hmm. side of that repentance. And that's something we never get to talk about because talking about what is actually sin is such a taboo now. Amen. You know, we, we've, we've talked about several different ways to approach the quote-unquote plan of salvation. And the ABCs or CBAs, confess, believe, ask. Confess what? That you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died for those sins. And then ask Amen. to be forgiven for those sins. So if you're washing your clothes and you don't put soap in there and you start to wash it, are your clothes clean? No, they're just smelly and wet. Right. If you put <laughs> soap in there but don't start it, well, cool. You got some. You got some powder on there, but you didn't start it, so they're not clean. Now they're even dirtier. You can't have the salvation. We can't have the victory in heaven without the repentance. We're skipping that. And then repentance also. I mean, it literally means to turn away from. Amen. And to turn back, and that requires giving up our favorite favorite sins. If that's the case, I mean, we've been taught probably for the last twenty or thirty years, comfort is the most important thing. Do whatever makes you comfortable. Do whatever makes you happy. You, 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 you. That that doesn't work. Trust me, I've uh, tried. It doesn't. Because even if you do something that's very popular right now, which is becoming an influencer, okay, say you gain 50,000 or 50 million followers and you log on and you go live and you have so many people watching you and you are able to make all this money based on, you know, your face and the things you do and things you say and the people that follow you, you are going to turn that phone off and be empty and lonely. Mm-hmm. It does right. not fill the space that is for Jesus and Jesus alone in your soul. Worshiping self does not work. The world wants you to think it does, but I promise you it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And man wasn't meant to be worshipped. I mean, you you look at these fantastic, you know, great celebrities of the past who, you know, either committed suicide or died young. I'm talking about your Elvises, your your Michael Jacksons, your Kurt Cobains, people who were, quote unquote, your Whitney Houston's, people who were, quote unquote, your your princes. You know, I can go on and on. People who, quote unquote, were very successful, reached the pinnacles of their careers, but yet they were unhappy. They took medications or drugs or whatever, and they died miserable. Miserable. They died miserable because they, like you said earlier, producer Morgan, they're trying to fill a void in their heart that can only be filled by a holy and, and righteous God. Say something else before we move on here so people will under, understand this. As we talk about these things, I'm not trying to be uh, anti-homosexual or anti-abortion. I'm trying to be pro-Bible, pro-God, pro-Jesus, 
which just happens to be the opposite of all of those things. And it's the stance that we're taking here on the KJ and the show here in 2024. Happy New Year to to you all. And we're getting off to a late start, but I know you've been waiting on us. We have arrived. Uh, uh, by the you know by the grace of God, but uh, the fact of the matter is is that we're we're we love people so much we want to give them the truth of God's words, just like for our children. We know not to we know to tell our children not to have gummy bears for breakfast. They want gummy bears for breakfast, but because we love our children, we want to guide them in the right way by giving them the truth. And say, hey, gummy bears is bad for you first thing in the morning. All that sugar is not good for you. And they may gripe and complain, but you're giving them truth and you're, and you're doing it because you love them. This is the same thing that we are praying that we're doing for those of you who are listening, whether you're saved or whether you're, you're, you're not saved. We want you to know. And there was a message preached earlier, uh, <laughs> earlier today that God loves you. But God's love doesn't supersede his holiness. And a lot of people miss that. The word holy appears many more times in scripture uh, as it relates to describing the characteristics of God than it does talking about his love. Now, God is love, according to 1 John uh, uh, 4 and 8 and 1 John 4 and, and, and 16. God's love is not going to supersede his holiness. God is, and, and the proof text for that, how do you know that is because if all it took was God just to so love the world and the world didn't have to be accountable, as, as producer Morgan's already talked about accountability. If the world doesn't have to be accountable, if the world doesn't have to repent, then guess what? Everybody goes to heaven. Mm -hmm. Why would Jesus have to come? Why would Jesus have to come to this earth if there was going to be no accountability? God just loves, loves, loves. And if God if God just loves me, no matter what I'm doing or who I am, whether I'm, I'm behaving godly or ungodly, what would be the point of Jesus coming and setting an example? But more importantly, uh, living a perfect sinless life, dying on the cross and, rise, and raising again the third day without all power in heaven and earth in, in his hands. And then he didn't leave right away. He stayed uh, for 40 days afterwards. To, to give instructions to his disciples before he ascended back into heaven, according to Acts, the first chapter. So what would be the point of Jesus coming if everybody is just content to say, oh, well, you know what, I'm I'm an alcoholic, but, but God loves me. Well, you know what? It, unless you're saved, according to the word of God, you're not, you're not going to heaven because you'd have to go through Jesus to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. And so God's love isn't going to be enough to keep you out of hell because God is holy and he's not going to have anything sinful or anything unholy in his presence. Why do you think he kicked Adam and Eve out the garden? So this is what people have to have to have to realize uh, that God is a holy God, and even for us saved people in the book of Hebrews in the twelfth chapter, God chastises us in this flesh. If you can go back and, and read the twelfth chapter of the book of Hebrews, God chastises us in this flesh. I'm talking about saved people now. If a, if a saved person, uh, you, you're saved, but then you, you, you backslide and you, you decide to rob a bank, guess what? You're going to jail. You're going to be chastised uh, for that. God will use other men or even other circumstances to chastise and to punish you on this earth for what you have done. But why does God do that? Because Hebrews 12.10 says, for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, talking about our earthly fathers, but he, talking about Jesus, for our prophet, that we might be partakers of his, there that word goes, holiness. Amen. God chastises his children 
so that he can put us back in line and we'll become holy. And, and I can't speak for anybody else, but he's done that to me for practically all of my life, you know, not only as a child, but in my adult life. When I got out of line and I thought I had it figured out and I did something outside of God's will, God chastised me for that. And guess what I did? I got back in line. And I said, OK, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. Guess what? Mission accomplished. God accomplished what he wanted to do, which was to put me to chasten me, to put me back in line that I may be partakers of his holiness. God is about holiness. Amen. That, uh, the book of Revelation, they had the, the 12 uh, or 24 elders, the people, the, the entities around him. And how did they address God? They said, holy, 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 yep. Lord God almighty. They didn't say love, 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 Lord God almighty. Mm -hmm. Because his holiness supersedes his love. I feel like God loves me more than most people most of the time. <laughs> I get chastened. Swiftly, uh, I've I've talked to to other brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, you know there there will be a little backsliding on this or that. You know your your our favorite sins, whatever they are, and it's different for everybody. And some people have a little delay, a little like God's gonna like you know what I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you try. Not me. He knows he knows Jacob is uh is a is a slow learner, so we're gonna chast him quickly. And I and I appreciate that because I Amen. need Absolutely. I need that guidance to say, hey dummy, let's 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 regroup, let's think about this. You skipped a day reading your Bible, didn't you? Mm -hmm. And you missed you missed something that you were supposed to see, and that would have kept you from making that mistake in the first place. So get back in the book, get back in there with me, come back to me. I love you. Amen. And, and that's, that's rejecting my 12, sin. Yeah, that's what Hebrews twelve is all about. It, it it compares us as parents to how we discipline our children, and it turns back around and and talks about how. The Lord disciplines us or we discipline our children because we want them to do better. We love them, but we also want them to do better. No different than what the Lord wants for us while we are in this earth. He wants us to do better. And so if we get out of line, he chastises us. Now, when we die and we go to heaven, we'll be no longer in the flesh because, uh, you know, the the scripture tells us it's in um, Gospels, Jesus told uh, the disciples when Jesus went to the mount to pray and he left the disciples behind, he came back and the disciples were asleep. And Jesus said, you know what? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so we have this battle as long as we're here in this earth. Uh, even if we're born again Christians, you have the new man on the new man, which is our spirit man fighting with the flesh daily. Even Paul talked about it. He says, I die daily because, you know, he's he's battling the things that he would do, he would not do. And the things that he would not do, he, he does, you know. And so Paul talked about the struggles he had as a born-again child of God and the fighting the, the flesh. But when we get to heaven, glory be to God, we'll be in the presence of the Lord. We won't have to worry about that. And as a matter of fact, we're going to have a new body. And then we shall uh, be as the Lord. We, we shall be as the Lord Jesus, for we shall see him, see him as he is. I'm, I'm, I know I messed that verse up. <laughs> I'll go find it. But uh, you understand what, what I'm saying there. In the meantime, while we're here in this earth, we need to emphasize the holiness of God and that God is not a partaker of sins. Uh, Jesus would never wash the feet of someone who hated God or hated his word. First John 1 John 1.7 says, again, if you know this verse, you would know the lies behind the campaign. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship 
one with another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanseth us from all sin, not cleanseth us because he loves us anyway, cleanses us so that we can sit in our sin diaper and just be in there, just live that way, not washes our feet because they're stinky, Um, not cleanses us for what? A good feeling? Uh, Just so we don't feel so bad about ourselves? No. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Amen. All our bad feelings about ourselves. Amen. From sin. From sin. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Yeah, and uh, I just found that verse real quick. Also, producer Morgan in First John, it says, in First John 3, 2, it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, talking about Jesus, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, the Jesus is coming to get me. He doesn't have any sin. Right. The Jesus that's coming to get me is holy. All right. Uh, there, there, there's, there's not going to be any sinners in, in heaven. Oh, well, there'll be saved sinners in heaven. Let me rephrase that. There'll be saved sinners in heaven, but there won't be any sin in heaven. There's not going to be any fornication. There's not going to be any adultery. There's not going to be any homosexuality. There's not going to be uh, any theft. There's not going to be any murder. And there's not going to be any bearing false witness. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's right. Amen. And- I challenge everyone listening who disagrees with where we stand on this. I challenge you to do your own research. And I don't say this in a condescending way. I truly mean it. Pick up a Bible, open it, go to the back of the Bible and look up the word cleanse. The back of the Bible, there should be something like a concordance. And you can look up words individually Look up the word cleanse and then take the time to read each of those verses because cleanses you of sin from filthiness. You have to be cleansed of your sin. And if we don't take sin seriously, then we're never going to come to salvation. The ignorance of God's word, the um, assumption of God's grace. We love that love and we love that grace. But oh, don't you try to convict me. Don't you try to make me repent because that's judgment. No, look it up for yourself and read all of the things that we need to be cleansed from, because it's not just us being mean and rude and high-minded. It's actually God's word. And to know that for yourself, you have to know God's word for yourself. You have to, otherwise you're just always going to be offended at someone who's trying to share it honestly with you. We're talking about Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Now, we know it was the disciples. We have that painting or that that image in our in our in our brain. But when was this happening? It was the Passover and the lamb was getting ready for slaughter. Right, right. This is right leading right up to the crucifixion. This wasn't just a day out in the field. This wasn't when they were feeding the 5,000, that would have been a lot of feet because they, the, and not jokingly, but those people had to come to Christ. Christ didn't That's go right. to them. They came That's to Christ, right. the feeding of the 5,000. That's but, right. That's right. No, this is, this was the, uh, a solemn, serious feast of the Passover that they were, they were 
partaking of. They didn't know how solemn it was until later, the disciples. They knew they were there with their Savior, and, and they, were, they weren't they um, were welcoming either of this feet washing. They said, no, Lord, I don't deserve this. They weren't being boastful or prou- proud of it, like the, uh, the advertisement that was on TV of, oh, yeah, go ahead, wash my feet. Yeah, get underneath that nail. It was, it was a mockery. It was a mockery. Not to that extent, but it was a mockery of of expecting Christ to come to you and you not go to Christ. Yeah. And, and another thing, uh, I, I still have a problem with, with the tagline here. It says, Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. And to me, that is so blasphemous. And, and it, you, you, you reduce our, our Lord and savior to just a foot washer. And, and of course, Jesus did give the example of washing feet. He only, like I said before, he didn't wash the feet of those who hated him or hated uh, the word of God, he washed the feet of those who had been following him for three and a half years. Those are the feet that he washed. And then this was during the time of the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. This was this is in the same chapter with the Lord's Supper where this is happening. Uh, uh, you can go back and read John 13 for more information. As producer Morgan says, you need to read this for yourself. And I recommend definitely the King James Bible because there is no other Bible for English-speaking people other than the King James Bible, but I digress from, from that point for just a moment. It's uh, the tagline talking about Jesus didn't teach hate. Well, that's funny because in Luke 14, 26, Jesus said, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Amen. So he gets a, how are you going to explain that one? Now, of course, Jesus was talking about uh, 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 biblical hate in terms of love these things less than you love me. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking about hating them to the point where you know, oh, I, I, I'd wish they burned in hell or any, or something like that. No, he was just he was using the word hate in the terms of you need to love your mother, father, sister, brother, and all that less than you love me. That's what he was saying because at the end of the day, there may be division. If you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, your parents may not follow along. Your brother may not follow along. Your sister may not follow along. So what are you going to do? Are you going to follow your parents and disobey God and have God chasten you, according to Hebrews 12? So that's what Jesus was saying. Jesus said, I should be first. I, and according to the book of Colossians, that Christ should be preeminent in all of our lives. That's in the first chapter of the book of Colossians, where it says Christ is, is the preeminent one. So Jesus is preeminent. He is first. Uh, and then every everyone else follows later. It even mentions spouse. Jesus says in Luke 14, 26, if any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, and wife, and children, that's including your spouse. That I mean, that that's basically, I mean, he covers all ground, <laughs> every single family member. But what he's saying is they should come second, I should come first. Because if they say, you know what, I don't want to go to church uh, today. Or they may say, why are you reading your Bible? That Bible was made by man. Why are you reading that? And you may say, well, father, that's not right. Um, You're talking to your earthly father. Hmm. No, the the word of God is true. And it was holy and inspired by men of God. And the Holy Spirit uh, moved upon men. And the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So you got to make a decision. Are you going to follow your earthly father or, 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 or are you going to follow Jesus? It says that Jesus didn't teach hate. Well, I would love for them to explain Luke 14, 26. That shows you that the people who created the commercial didn't even read the Bible. Amen. Because it's in there. Anyway. What about Matthew 21? Jesus going into the temple. Yes. He walked in there like me playing Monopoly for four hours. I'm flipping that table. 
Monopoly needs angry. to change its name to like Homewrecker. Honestly, <laughs> you, you don't don't bring that stuff in my house. Don't yeah. take that stuff in the Lord's house. Yeah, it's he, the same he, reaction. It really is. Don't. Mm-hmm. He he yeah. wasn't. He didn't go in there. Oh, you know what? Now you really shouldn't do this. This is this is bad. This is a sin. Let, let me go ahead and wash your feet to tell you show you that I really love you though. Mm-hmm. No, and he said, get out of here. It's based on receiving. Yeah. Uh, again, self worship. I love to receive love. It's all about me. It's all about petting my conscience and helping me feel better about the choices I've made that I straight up know are wrong. And I'm absolutely not saying that I am perfect. I am far from it. Of sinners, I am chief. But I know my Savior. And I know He has mercy for me. He has forgiveness for me. And I seek it when I sin. And that's such a key. Let me find the verse I was just about to read. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one, having therefore these promises, the world can promise you everything all day long. They're never going to deliver on it. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of god you're rubbing off on me brother kurt and i like it <laughs> hey that is a fantastic verse right there and uh you you hit the the nail dead on the head uh the world doesn't deliver on his promises but we serve a lord who does and we have a lord who has made hundreds of promises in scripture uh and they're all true and you can all you can take all of those promises to the back to the bank jesus promised that he's going to come back again and I believe in his promises because he's answered so many other promises. He's been faithful. Uh, in Matthew, the seventh chapter, he said, ask uh, and you shall receive. Uh, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. And the Lord has been faithful to, to keep his promises. If we just seek his face and turn to him. Uh, I really love this Second Corinthians 7, 1, where it says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, I believe that's talking to saved people. Mm-hmm. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, having a reverence for, for, for our Lord. That's uh, just an amazing word right there. And I think we've already referenced 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think we already talked about that one, but it, I don't know. It's, it's great. It's God's true and holy word. You can't say it enough. Maybe if we say it enough, people will remember it (laughs) better yet. Pick up a Bible and go read it for yourself. But if we confess, so you've got to confess. confess Okay. He is faithful and just to forgive us. Yes, yes. All we got to do is turn to him and confess. That is very plain. Yes. Mm -hmm. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so just three in a row here, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, 1 John 1, 7, 1 John Mm -hmm. 1, 9. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the examples respectively, let's see, cleanse ourselves from all filthiness in 2 Mm -hmm. Corinthians 7, 1. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's first John 1 7. Amen. First John 1 9 is cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. So it's not I'm cleansing your feet just because I love you. No, the, you don't. If you're already clean, there you don't need to be mm-hmm. cleansed again. There's a reason. 
It's almost like relishing in your sin. Yeah, right, right. 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 Yeah, he delivers us. He saves us. He forgives us. He does love us, man, with a love that we'll never understand, honestly. But he doesn't come to marinate in sin with us. That is not why he came. That is not why he died. That is not what he does today. And that is the world's lie because it keeps you, it keeps you where the devil wants you. It keeps you in your sin. It keeps you focused on yourself. It keeps you from reaching your potential for God, which truly is to reach other souls, to make heaven crowded, to make hell empty. And none of that can happen if you just love yourself and your sin. At the uh, the church that I'm uh, privileged to attend and serve, I'm uh, a junior church teacher and a rotational basis. That way everybody can get fed. Actually, it was here recently, it was my turn to teach. And we were teaching um, the children, my wife and I, to to be strong and mighty Christians. And then we we opened up for invitation. And I kind of gave it a different approach today for the kids because I'm usually pretty aggressive with uh, explaining what our, our final destinations are with eternity. I, they got a chuckle out of it, but I explained it this way. I said, sin, sin hurts. It's going to hurt. And I said, don't laugh at me now, but um, I'm going to pray for something for those that, that are looking at me that, that may not be saved, but you're not ready to come forward yet. I said, I pray that this week, if you don't come forward, today and you're not ready that you stub your toe and amen and when you do i want you to think about me and i want you to think about god's word and i want you to remember sin hurts and sin has consequences and next week or next time we see you or anybody else in this church you come ask and we'll show you how to get rid of that and their amen. eyes were just went Woo! so i'm excited to see see who got some stubbed toes next I'm week or... for some stubbed toes this week hey sometimes yeah. we just need that different perspective that it, it really is it is a painful thing it, it's yeah, not because, something to be proud of exactly because the scripture tells us in hebrews 10 uh, 26 through 31 it says for if we sin willfully that means that you that you know that you're sinning that that you know that you're going against uh, God's word, that you're knowingly being disobedient. If we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despises Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses of how much sore punishment Suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified and unholy thing and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And I believe everyone needs to take note of that. Not only uh, saved people, but especially unsaved people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of of the living God. Amen, brother. Appreciate that. Yeah, so this He Gets Us campaign, if you do some research on the the people who put this together, it's coming from the family who is responsible for Hobby Lobby and Mardell. And as far as I know, they're Christian people, but they have put millions of dollars into this Mm -hmm. He Gets Us campaign. If you go to the He Gets Us campaign FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, you will see that they are pro-LGBTQIA, silent P, uh, FAQ, He Gets Us.com. 
It's amazing how we spend so much of our life worshiping, but what are we worshiping? Normally, mm. it's ourselves or obviously something we love, whether it's the flesh in the form of an extreme example is drug addiction or alcohol addiction, nicotine addiction, any kind of addiction. But it can also be a person, a celebrity, or a TV show, or... Um, a tight end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It says, what is your stance on the LGBTQ plus community? These are probably the most common questions we receive. And, and this is off the He Gets This website. And we understand why many of those who represent Jesus have made people in the LGBTQ community feel judged and excluded. And others in the Jesus community have simply ignored their stories and li lived experiences. So let us be clear in our opinion. Jesus loves gay people and Jesus loves trans people. The LGBTQ plus community, like all people, is invited to explore the story of Jesus and consider his example of unconditional love, grace, and forgiveness of others. No matter who you are, you are invited to explore the story of Jesus and consider what it means to your life. Now, number one, that's saying nothing. But number two, they are right about Jesus loving the LGBTQ plus community and loving trans because God so loved the world. All right. So that part, that's a partial part is, is true. God loves, loves, loves us all because we're, we're all sinners and none of us deserve to go to heaven. Okay. But he can love, and I believe this was preached earlier, he can love the, the sinner, but hate the sin. And by doing all of this nebulous, uh, we invite you to explore the story of Jesus. Well, what mm -hmm. in the world does that mean? What does that mean? You see, it's, 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 it's a way to say absolutely nothing mm -hmm. and to keep people comfortable in their sins. Okay. Like I said once before, there, there's no confrontation of sin. There's no repentance. There's none of that messaging that is even in their website, even though they proclaim to be Christian. This is the subtlety that we have to deal with, just as uh, the serpent was subtle with Eve in the garden. You have Satan, once again, being subtle with people who really don't know the word of God. And then they're being drawn in, into this foolishness. Nowhere in this FAQ does it say, here's what God says about LGBT, you know, cute behavior. Or here's what God said. And they're not going to put it there. I guarantee right. you, they're not going to put it there. Are there any uh, references or links to scripture at all in that FAQ? Scripture? It's just mm. opinion. It's their opinion. Opinion. And they called Jesus a story. A story. They they gave it an appearance of something trivial. Yes. Story. He is the way and the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father, but by Jesus. Amen. And, and this is what's so insidious, and this is what's so dangerous, and this is why it's incumbent upon us as blood-bought, born-again children of God. We we need to get out and, and give people the, the truth, and give the people truth and love, but mm -hmm. the bottom line is they need they need the truth, and they're not getting the truth when you have people like this who are undermining God's word by preaching, like I said at the top of the hour, they're preaching another Jesus, they're preaching another gospel, and according to Paul in the first chapter of Galatians, 
they need to be accursed. They said, even if an angel comes and starts preaching, if it's not the same gospel, mm -hmm. let them be accursed. John the Baptist, he was a man of God. Why? Because he and Jesus, Matthew 3, Matthew 4, you can go back and read it for yourself. They preach the same word. Repent for Amen. the kingdom of God is at hand. That's how you know someone's real when they repeat what is actually in the word of God instead of telling you to let's explore. Let's go out and explore Jesus and his unconditional love and grace and forgiveness for others. What? Are you out of your mind? Yes, they are. Well, I, yeah, I, I think I answered my own question there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and out of love. Yes, they are. It's so yes. easy. It is so easy for this world. And, and going back to the 40 days in, in the wilderness. <laughs> Or the 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 four hours watching TV. Ooh, I'm weak. I'm weak, and it's at my weakness that that flesh gives in. And and but I'm inspired at the same time. I just want to make people feel good. If I make people feel good, and I'm seeker sensitive, well, I'll, I'll build it up, and then I'll then I'll get back to the word. Then I'll build it up, and I'll get back to the word. And you get further from God, and further from God, and further from the truth, and further from the word. And next thing you know. People aren't even preaching the word. They're having two-hour grandstands on a stage with no Bible in hand. Right. You're not even saying scripture one time. No, just they're to make telling the story. Good. They're just they're just telling some little anecdote, and they got the Hawaiian shirt on, and they're sitting on a bar stool. Mm. You know, and they they just want to be. It's like Mister Rogers' neighborhood. Well, you know, <laughs> they're just inviting you in, and then they just want to tell you a story. Yep. Amen. It has divided Christians as well. It causes me to ask, how could you not see that? That it's an incomplete presentation of who Jesus is. It's an incomplete presentation of his message. I, I don't understand if you have the real Jesus in your heart and he is your real savior. How can you not see that this is not what he came for? This is not what he, he didn't say any of that. You're taking something you like out of the Bible and taking all the context out and just saying, this applies to everyone. God so, did so love the world, does so love the world. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't give us a license to sin. That does not give us a license to ignore Amen. the rest of his word. There's more if you keep reading. Amen. Amen. Before and after. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, man, some of the most deceptive and untrue lies come in the most beautiful packages. Mm -hmm. and Amen. It can send you straight to hell because it is not the truth. Amen. It, let's just pick up this really beautiful cherry. But I feel and, good. You know, give that to the world. That's what everyone wants. I'm sorry. When you close your eyes for the very last time and take your very last breath. That beautiful package is not going to save your eternal soul. It is going to live eternally somewhere, heaven or hell. Amen. Incomplete message, an inaccurate message about a false gospel is not going to be there to help you in eternity. It's hard to get us humans, especially in 2024, to focus on eternity, to even consider eternity. Because again, it's all about us. It's all about right now. It's all about comfort. It's all about making me feel good about me. Oh my goodness, shut up. Amen. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And you cannot uh... get to God without him. 
you got to put your sin down. Amen. You Amen. Not take those stripes just so you could marinate in yourself soup to the cross. When Sorry. I was in the flesh um, and away from God uh, in, in my time in the military, I don't know why I, I wasn't ashamed of my my faith. I was ashamed of myself being representative of faith at that time. And there's one individual I know that I will see at the judgment when the Lamb's Book of Life is open. He's going to look at me and go, why? Why didn't you tell me? I got to go to hell forever. You didn't tell me. What were you doing? I wasn't doing anything. It was my fault because I was scared. And these people aren't scared to put up a false message. Why on earth would I be scared to tell the, the good news, the gospel, the real deal? I am more scared of running into that person at the judgment knowing that his eternity is partially my fault because I didn't stick up than I am to tell somebody about the gospel. And that fear will live with me forever. Brother Jacob, I'm right there with you. I am definitely guilty of doing the same thing, not witnessing to those whom I should have witnessed to. And I believe that's where the passage comes in after those individuals, along with Satan himself, were thrown into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. The Lord says, every tear shall be wiped away, that he shall wipe away all tears. Because... I can't proclaim to just know the exact reason that that passage was given. Of course, I'll, you know, we'll definitely know when we get there. But uh, in my mind, I imagine is that if we see a friend or a loved one that we had an opportunity to witness get thrown into the lake of fire, uh, that's going to be a, a very sad time. And the Lord's going to have to wipe away our, our, our tears for that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about why do people, you know, uh, see this other gospel being preached and and they just accept it or allow it and go with it. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with what I like to call diet coke Christianity, right? Because we get all the things that we want without having all the stuff that we don't want, (laughs) right? It's diet coke Christian. Hey, have your diet coke. It doesn't have any sugar in it, you know? Well, you know, sometimes that artificial sweetener can cannot be good for you too. You may want to stick with the quote unquote real thing. I, <laughs> Coca-Cola people listening in, but I, that's just an example. I'm not trying to promote products or anything. But I, I think a lot of times Christians are just into Diet Coke Christianity. They just want the part of the refreshment that they enjoy without the the other ingredients that naturally come in the uh, soda. And I'm not encouraging anybody to mm-hmm. soda pops because <laughs> if you drink too many soda pops, that's un- unhealthy for you, too. But yeah, it's Diet Coke Christianity, where you, you know you 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 get the stuff that you, that you like, you still get the taste, but you know without the calories. <laughs> but Justin, what about and, New Coke? And, and so you're you're getting you're getting a watered down gospel without mm-hmm. the repentance and the conviction. But you got the cancer coming. What about I'm New Coke? Joking. What about Coke Zero? Or what? I'm sorry. What about Soda Zero? What about New Soda? No, like. The, the new flavor, the new uh, Southern California Blast. You know, it's it's all the flavor of the month, just like these newfangled gospel churches that come out that are no more than a flavor of a month and a flash in a pan. Yes, and, and you know that uh, more than likely a lot of these quote-unquote mega churches, you know, the, the scripture says that in the last days people shall heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears because people want to be told, hey, you're good. You can keep on fornicating. You can keep on drinking. You can keep on smoking weed. You can keep on doing what you want to do because God loves you. Remember that he gets us commercial. No, no, you know, no matter where you are in, in your stage of life, just know that God loves you. Well, you know, Jesus said in Luke, the sixth chapter in the 26th verse, he said, woe unto you. 
when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Okay, now I know a couple of megachurch pastors who were on the front cover of Time Magazine and Life Magazine, and guess what? All men spoke well of them. Well, according to Jesus, if all men speak well of you, uh, you're probably a false prophet. Yeah, if, if you don't, nobody has anything unnice to say about you. You're not doing, you're not doing something right. It's okay to offend somebody if you offend them out of love. Right, right. You were right, Ezekiel thirty-three, chapter thirty-three, verse six. But if the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. Mm. If that, that does not strike fear in you, it should. It should. In Second uh, Corinthians, the fifth chapter, uh, the 11th verse, I believe, it talks about knowing the terror of the Lord, that we should persuade men, which means that knowing that hell is real, that the lake of fire is real, we should persuade men, of course, by way of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But Second Corinthians 5, uh, once again, because Old Testament, New Testament, written by the same Holy Spirit, written right. by the same God, so it harmonizes, even though they're thousands of years apart. It talks about the very same thing, that because we know what awaits the, the man who has not accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and knowing the terror of the Lord, knowing what the Lord has in store eternally for those lost souls, we should be encouraged and go out and even more so try to persuade men that Jesus is uh, who he says he is, according to the Bible, and not according to the he get, gets us crowd, who, you know, by the way, I, I know I mentioned that I, I said that the backing, the people who are backing this are the family from uh, Hobby Lobby, who also does Mardell's Christian bookstore. And the reason that while they may have some good intentions, I had a problem with Mardell and I wrote the management uh, about it multiple times. I did get a response back, but they didn't change their business policy. The reason I had a problem with Mardell's is because they had, they were selling books in their bookstore that said how to win, how to win a Catholic to Christ. That was one of their books, how to win a Catholic to Christ. But then across the aisle from the book section, they were selling rosary beads. I have the video to prove it. I have the video to prove it. I've been inside of a Mardell store and I recorded this and I'm thinking, wait, aren't, aren't you kind of playing both sides? Because why are you going to win a Catholic to Christ? And at the same time, you got rosary beads and Virgin Mary's and other Catholic artifacts that they were selling on display in their store. And that made me think, huh, you guys must be all about the money instead of all about the gospel. And I know that's going to hit some people kind of hard if you're an employee at Mardell or employee at Hobby Lobby. I'm, I'm just trying to give you the truth and love. I, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I have the video and the photo to prove it because I video and, and photographs in the Mardell's Christian bookstore because I knew no one would believe me. And so I, I got hard evidence. This is this is true. And, and instead of publicizing it or trying to make a big deal out of it, I emailed those folks and I said, hey, what are you guys doing? Can you explain this? I did get a reply. They acknowledged my email, but they didn't explain the reason why they were selling 
save a Catholic book over here, and then they were selling <laughs> Catholic <laughs> materials right across the, the the book section from from the save the Catholic books. It's a uh, uh, that kind of confused me, but I said all that to say this, and that is when I discovered that Hobby Lobby was behind the the people who did Hobby Lobby, who also are behind Mardell, did this campaign. I said, oh. Okay, that makes sense. It it, it wasn't a shock like, oh, Hobby Lobby, that's the same people who do Mardell Christian Bookstore, my favorite Christian bookstore. I, I wasn't shocked because I had learned over 15 years ago that this is what they were about. So I, I wasn't shocked at all. This, uh, that, uh, for some reason, that's taking me to the to the back of the book. And uh, I'm a coffee drinker, but I'm kind of a I'm kind of a baby when it comes to my coffee. I got to put a couple ice cubes in it. I don't want to hurt myself because I love my coffee and I drink it quickly. Now, I've been in the car before, and I have spit my coffee out. It wasn't at a good temperature. I like iced coffee, and I like hot coffee. You know what I don't like? Uh, you, don't, you don't like that lukewarm luke coffee. That... You know who else doesn't? God. In uh, Revelation 3.16 said, So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's not like uh, picking something out of your teeth. You know, that's not a... Uh, you know, it is a spew... Get out of my mouth. This is disgusting. A big old spit take. Get out of here. Amen. And in, in 2024, as with previous years, Christians just, just have to take a stand. We need to let people know about the real Jesus, not the Jesus that they portray on television and in, and in ads. We need to let people know who the real Jesus is, and we need to let them know about a real Bible. That's why we have this podcast, because we're telling people right. that the King James Bible is the inerrant, infallible, eternal, inspired word of God for English-speaking people. And, of course, if you, if you listen to our first couple of podcasts, we, we prove that out in many different ways, although we could continue to to talk about, you know, the, the why the King James Bible is the, the perfect Bible for English-speaking people. We just should give us a resolve to just want to get out and reach even more people because the devil is very very busy and he's come out like gangbusters in 2024 this is just one topic that we wanted to discuss tonight but there are many many more many other things that's just happened in these first two months where satan is very busy just trying to destroy marriages destroy families destroy uh, business relationships destroy friendships uh, but more importantly he's just trying to destroy humankind because we are made in the image of God. He hates God. And so he knows he can't defeat God, but he wants to take down as many of God's creation as he can. I, I hate to say it, that, that he's come out like gangbusters in 2024. One of the, the issues that we've talked about tonight is he gets this campaign. Here we are. And, you know, something that I think I said earlier, it bears repeating the fellowship and wholeness on the other side of repentance is something that you're just never going to experience otherwise. Amen. And the the life that God has for you, the love that Jesus has for you, uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So true. And that's a friendship that oh, it's just so complete and so sweet and so whole. And his love is a love you can rest in. Yeah. And it is an absolutely free gift. And so many people are afraid, you know, if I come to Jesus, I'm going to have to give up all, all the things I really care about. But I tell you what, when you let Jesus in, he does the cleaning. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter one, 
in chapter five. He starts taking care of your heart in a way that no one ever has, and he starts cleaning it, and he indwells your heart. And you'll quickly find that when you have Jesus, you don't need all that other stuff. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you're still going to battle the flesh. Save people battle the flesh every single day. God never promises that all of your battles are going to be over. But I tell you what, the peace, the provision, the fellowship, the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. It's nothing you're ever going to get from this world. And I promise you, you will never regret accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You just will not ever regret it ever. And he's got blessings and love and answers for you that you could not even imagine. Our human brains are finite. We just can't comprehend how God is going to answer the prayers that we pray if we would just let him, if we would just Mm -hmm. obey. Mm -hmm. And it's not a difficult process to accept Jesus into your heart. I'm telling you, your life will change completely and you will not regret it. Oh, Amen. what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You were talking about peace there earlier, and it took me to that right. song. Oh, look at all the peace that we forfeit. And I'm talking even me as a born-again child of God. I I backslide and I forget to take everything to God in prayer. And then I'm stressed out when I could be experiencing perfect peace from the Lord because I didn't take it to him. All these needless pains that I bore just because I didn't take it to God in prayer. And and, and so what you said there earlier, producer Morgan, spot on. That was beautiful. Thank you. It's so true. I'm I'm telling you. And it's, it's things that, a piece that's such that when people see that you have it, uh, a couple people in the past have said to me, like, why aren't you freaking out? Why aren't you freaking out? And, you know, the times when I've been closest with the Lord in my walk, particularly in the area of tithing, when I had first learned about tithing, when I first started tithing, I knew I had been obedient and I knew God was going to keep his promise. It was a, a point where I gave my tithe. I had nothing left. I honestly, genuinely, in my heart and my mind agreed. I can't wait to see how God's going to do this because I know he's going to. And he did. I'm telling you, that's a a piece that often comes with an excitement because it comes from somewhere that you didn't even think about. It's not even always money. You know, a lot of times um, there's been times earlier in our early adult life when we just didn't know how to manage money. We thought it grew on trees. And so we would run out real quick before we learned what a budget was. Um, But there'd be times that we would be low on groceries, but we did tithe. And yes, we were irresponsible with the rest of the money. Um, And that was our fault, but we did tithe and we wouldn't tell anyone And we would just pray, God, please provide. You know what our need is. Please help us to be content with whatever your answer is, knowing that it's for our good and for your glory. And the next day, no one knowing what our need is, there would be six bags of groceries on the table and a coworker of mine saying, you know what? I just decided to to change all of our food to organic. So I cleaned out my fridge and my pantry. Would you like to, could you use any of this? 
and I'm, you know, my face is falling off with tears because that was God. Mm -hmm. He did. Amen. All the way. And things like that. Yeah, I didn't have to sit there wringing my hands and worry, although I often do choose that still. Yeah. I don't have to. I don't know. It's just a safety and a peace and a love that you just are not going to get from this world. This world does not love you. God does. Jesus does. Accept him now. Amen. Amen. That's a, a wonderful word and something that we should definitely uh, keep in mind. Amen. You know what? Jesus Jesus does get us, though. He knows that we're fallen. Right. He knows that we're fragile. Right. He knows that we're frightened. Right. Of the consequences of our lives. No matter what those choices are, we are frightened of that. He knows that we're free to make yes. that choice. Right. Free will. He knows that we we forget him and he wants mm -hmm. us he wants us to remember him mm -hmm. so all we got to do is get him amen absolutely he amen. gets us but we need to get him that's right that's absolutely right and the only way we're going to get him is to realize that while we were yet sinners christ died for us according to romans 5 and 8 amen and that and also in the book of romans it talks about how we've all come short of the glory of god so for those who are listening, we're not trying to be holier than thou and think nope. we have all the answers. Uh, we know who has the answer, and, the, right. and, and that answer is Jesus. Uh, we just want to let everyone else know about the true Jesus of the Bible and not this uh, compromised Jesus that they try to portray in this He Gets Us uh, ad. And we want you to also know that the wages of sin is death. Okay. So all of... This uh, images of abortion and the other um, perverted sexual behavior, there's a, a co cost and a consequence to that is death. But the good news is, is that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We already stated earlier, in, mm -hmm. according to uh, John 14, 6, that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No man can come into the Father but by him. You say, well, Brother Kurt. How can I get saved? You've been talking about salvation and repentance and all of that. Well, I'm glad you asked because Romans 10, 13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what it says. If you call upon the name of the Lord, if you go to the Lord humbly admitting, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you to, to come into my heart. I need for you to save my soul. Please, Lord, come into my heart, save my soul, help me to be a new creature in you, Lord, even right now in the name mm -hmm. of Jesus. And you, you don't have to pray that exact prayer. You can just pray what is on your heart. Jesus already knows your heart. Amen. Uh, you just pray that the Lord will forgive you of your sins, that pray that he will pray, you will trust in him and have faith in him. He has finished all the work. And that all you got to do is believe in him. The Lord will save you. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. The Lord God has raised Jesus from the dead and you trust in him. Thou shalt be saved. Forever. Yes. That's not just a one-time thing where if you backslide and you mess up, you say a cuss word or something, not all of a sudden you're, you're bound to, to hell again. No, it doesn't work that way. When you're saved, you are saved eternally. And according to John, the uh, eighth chapter uh, Jesus talks about that once you're saved, you are in his hand and you are in God's hand and no man can pluck you out of uh, the Lord's hand. So Amen. you are saved. You are secure, signed, sealed, delivered. Amen. Well, I hope anybody listening took that to heart and, and took the conversation that we were able to have today that I'm grateful that we're able to have that 
This is all out of love. We don't hate or disdain the sinner. We don't. We love you. I'm a sinner. Ooh, I love some sin. My, my flesh loves the sin. Yeah. My flesh yeah. loves that sin. It really does. Baseball's on TV. I'm hooked. And there could be other things going on. It's supposed to be my Bible study time. Up? Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. We're going in extra innings, though. So this this is a once- this is a once in a week thing. So you I want know. to encourage everyone with one last thought. I heard someone say that perhaps the reason why your flesh loves sin so much is because your flesh knows it's not coming with you to heaven. Mm-hmm. I haven't done any biblical research research on that, but it does make a little bit of sense, you know, to be continued. Maybe we'll come back to that later. Dying but, of your old self. Mm-hmm, your flesh doesn't care mm-hmm. how much it sins because it's not going with you. Amen. That, that's true. We're going to put off the corruptible man and put on the incorruptible. And that's going to be the new body that Jesus is going to give us. So, yes, that we can definitely have further discussions about that from scripture parallels of of phantom pains and amputated limbs i've cut off my old self and i've still got phantom pains of that sin it'll be there forever that itch yeah but god'll fix it he loves us and we need to get him hey man all right let's dismiss in prayer heavenly father Lord, we're so grateful for your word we're grateful for your love we're grateful for your salvation that you've given to us freely lord we're grateful for your mercy your endless mercy that you uh you give to us lord i'm grateful that uh you chastise me when i slip and teach me that you're there to catch me when i fall and to correct my path lord to keep me close to you to keep my family close to you to keep my children on the right path lord i'm thankful for a good bible believing uh king james preaching baptist church that i have the honor and privilege of being a part of i'm grateful for my brother and sister in christ lord and thank you for them lord grateful for the world that we live in that gives us the opportunity to to teach and to preach your word lord we pray that if anybody is listening uh, or sharing that uh that knows you lord, we pray that they grow continue to grow closer to you and stay in your word lord if anybody is is listening and sharing this that uh, does not know you lord i uh i sincerely ask that that they that they come to know you. And I sincerely ask that if they're hesitating, Lord, that you give them a, a small reminder that uh that sin hurts and sin is real and there's a consequence, an eternal consequence of that sin. And uh we were talking earlier, Lord, about stubbing a toe. Lord, that's temporary. That fades, Lord, but I the the pain of eternal eternal damnation in hell, that is forever, that doesn't fade, Lord. I, I sincerely pray that anybody that is unsure comes to know you right, Lord, just to uh, have people have the courage and the strength to stand up for you. Uh, it's in your sweet, holy name, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Woo! Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's edition of KJ and Me. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email us at hurt at kjandthee.com or jacob at kjandthee.com A special thank you to the Abbott family and Reach Ministries for their music used in this podcast. We hope you have a blessed day and we'll see you next time.